He's this great dog. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go through the heartbreak. But let me tell you, of course, I don't regret getting Roscoe. That helped us all to get through the loss of Loki. It's almost like coming out of that devastating relationship and doing the rebound thing too quickly. Only this time it involves a schnauzer. there and welcome back to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian She, a licensed mental health therapist. I, an unlicensed mental health patient, and I've been doing this for quite some time. I've needed it, especially for this particular topic. Mm-hmm. I hate to say I've experienced this over and over again, and it never gets any easier, and that would be the loss of a pet. I found this article, Nine Things to Do When Your Dog Dies to Help You Through the Transition. And Courtney, this really resonated with me because when I I most recently had to put a dog down. It was perhaps the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, and I mourned the death of this animal probably more than I did most of the human beings who have passed on that I have known in the past. That was the kind of bond that we had. And one day, I was talking about it on our morning radio show, Mm -hmm. and somebody called in and started swearing at me and told me to stop being such a bleeping snowflake and was really giving me crap. And I thought, what is this, a sociopath? I mean, usually when you yeah. hear people like this, people who don't care about animals mm-hmm. and some of them even abuse them, they go on to murder people. Now, I'm not saying that that's who this guy was, but that's how insensitive it felt to me. Yeah. And it really and truly hurt. And I think one of the other reasons why I want to bring this up is people might think it is silly to seek some professional help if you are mourning something that is, quote unquote, just a dog or just a cat. Oh, God, no. No, That is something that is just as devastating as anything you're going Mm -hmm. to run into in life. Yeah, absolutely. For some people, you can grieve just as deeply and maybe more so when you lose a pet because you have this bond with pets. It's so special. They have such unconditional love for you, and they accept you no matter how you are on your best days, on your worst days. You can just be how you are. You get such comfort and support from your pet that when you lose them, it is very devastating, and it's also horrible. The story you just told about the person who had called and made that comment, this is why people close down and they don't share their grief and they don't seek some help because they feel like, oh, is there something wrong with this? Should I not be feeling this way? But absolutely seeking help if you need it. And there's a lot of support groups around too. I did a little Google search. There is a lot of support when people need it. And especially if you're going through this and you can talk to your veterinarian and ask them for some resources as well, because I'm sure they're well versed in the resources in this area. But a lot of online support. Very important to reach out when you're going through this. I think what made this one particularly difficult for me, and this was Fenway the Beagle, Mm -hmm. we got her when she was two years old. And I always felt like, ugh, we got robbed of that two years. It was just a circumstance where somebody had the dog, got too old to take care of the dog, Mm -hmm. so we were able to rescue said pup. And then she suddenly got sick unexpectedly before she had even turned nine years old. And right away, I always knew, and you always know, because this was seriously the best pet I have ever had. I always dreaded the day that that was going to come. But I think with dogs in general, and especially that one, you only have them for such a limited Mm -hmm. amount of time that in some way, you feel like you're being robbed of happiness. You feel like it is so 
inherently unfair. And that's not to say if you're married to somebody for 50 years, it's not as devastating, if not more. Of course it is. But in this particular case, when I just started thinking about how she didn't even make it to her 10th year, we missed out on the first Mm -hmm. two, and she was just such a sweetheart. Oh, my God, was it devastating. Yeah, I remember that when I lost my dog, Loki. I remember saying to my husband, being angry, grieving, and then also being angry, which is part of the grief process, and being like, why can't dogs live as long as us? Like, it's just so unfair that inevitably this is going to happen to us, that we're going to lose pets. I was so upset, and I said, I don't want to get another dog, and I don't want to go through this again, because it is. It's just the heartbreak like no other. And I think also because they're vulnerable, and because when they're going through what they're going through, if they're sick, or if you're dealing with them having like a long-term illness, it's heartbreaking. So, I mean, just going through the whole process with them can be really difficult difficult in losing them. I found a bunch of quotes about this very thing and speaking to that, a couple that really convey exactly that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Quote, dogs' lives are too short. It's their only fault, really. Mm -hmm. And that is true. And this other one, the misery of keeping a dog is his dying so soon. But to be sure, if he lived for 50 years and then died, what would become of me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think you'd probably be even more devastated because you'd be that much closer. I also want to ask you this question, and I know there is no right or wrong answer to this, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it strikes me when a person will say this, they lose a pet, especially a dog, and they say, that's it. I'm never getting another one again. This Mm -hmm. is just too painful. I can't put myself through this again. I can't put my family through that again. I often think of my friends who go through a bitter divorce and they say, that's it. No more relationships Mm -hmm. for me. No more marriage. I'm never doing that again. To which I think for as much as life is complicated and things can get messy, you are denying yourself so much potential happiness if you have that attitude towards something that brings you joy on an everyday basis for a period of years. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend that most people get back up on the horse if they suffer a devastating loss from a pet perspective, or does it really depend on the person? It really depends on the person, but what I do recommend is taking that space to grieve. Our friends, while they're well-meaning, they may say, okay, well, are you going to get another dog? Are you going to get another cat? And they want us to be happy, and they want to present that, because for many people, getting another animal, it's very soothing, and it can help you to get through this process. But it's not going to be for everyone to rush out and get another pet so soon. So I say, listen to yourself and allow yourself to have that space for grieving. Talk to your friends about it. Talk to your support group about it. Really let yourself process that. But as we know, the healing process does happen. And a lot of times, you know, I know for me, I wasn't ready to have another dog and I fought it. But Roscoe the Beagle came into our lives. (laughs) And my husband was like, oh, you know, he's ready to be adopted. And he's this great dog. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go through the heartbreak. But let me tell you, of course, I don't regret getting Roscoe. I mean, he does have his days, but <laughs> chewing everything Don't up. We, and all? <laughs> we all have our days, but I would never for a second regret having Roscoe, but I needed to take that time to grieve Loki and to just kind of be okay with that. And then once he came into our lives, it was like, all right, he's a cutie pie. He was very sweet. So, of course, that helped us all to get through the loss of Loki. It's almost like coming out of that devastating relationship and doing the rebound thing too quickly, only this time it involves a schnauzer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about the latter, incidentally. (laughs) There are a lot of rumors floating around about my dating history. I haven't been there. But it is funny that you bring up Roscoe the Beagle, and I think that in our everyday lives and our interactions together, Mm -hmm. you got a taste of how upset 
upset and concerned I was when it seemed like there might have been something going oh. on with Roscoe recently yeah. in relation to him not eating. And every time a pet is not eating, I get very upset because yeah. that is very often a sign that something is seriously wrong. So I think I said to you that morning, perhaps three or four times, and then I checked in with you later <laughs> yeah, you on. checked in later on. Make sure you tell me about Roscoe. How's Roscoe doing? And we have to do some preparation for what we do at work. Mm-hmm. And that particular night, yours was late in coming. And right away, my anxiety, I'm like, oh, no, oh, oh no. my God, it's something involving yeah. the dog. And that speaks to the extent of the impact that that kind of thing has on me. I've never even met Roscoe. Right. <laughs> I've seen photos. I've heard the stories. Don't worry. He wants to come in and visit you. I'm <laughs> sure he does. And I would love to visit him. I was talking about that, too, earlier this week, about how my wife and I, we go on hikes and we run into people. And I'm usually such a recluse, I don't want to talk to anybody. But if they have dogs, but, I oh. am stopping. And I ask them, can I spend some time with your dog? Do yeah. you mind? I get a lot of eye rolling, <laughs> mostly from the dogs. <laughs> the dog's like, oh, but I here comes this guy again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that does speak to it. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. He's so concerned about Roscoe. Because with dogs, this is the thing. And with our pets, it's so frustrating because they can't tell us what's going on. So if something happens, we don't know to what extent. Is this very serious? Should I get him right to the vet? Is this something that's going to pass? And so with him, I was kind of like, what is going on with this guy? But yes, he worked through it. He is fine now. But it is very concerning. But it was very sweet, your concern. Meanwhile, Courtney said to me, hey, I think I might have COVID. I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Take a test. Let me know. Yeah, whatever. Get back to me at your leisure. I'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think that also speaks to when you said about, should I take the dog to the mm-hmm. vet or not? There was an instance coming off of Fenway the Beagle, and mm-hmm. we had such a great experience that we ended up obtaining Rerun the Beagle puppy, who is absolutely adorable, gets into a lot more trouble than <laughs> yes. Fenway did. A little mischievous. <laughs> Rerun is very lucky that he is so cute. But shortly after getting him one day, he seemed lethargic and he wasn't eating. And I thought, am I being overly paranoid because of what I just came off of with Mm -hmm. Fenway the Beagle? Well, I called my vet, long story short, bring Rerun in. Rerun had Parvo. And right away they said 50-50 shot as to whether or not he survives. I'm still, even though I had grieved and processed the whole thing, I'm still a little weak in the knees because I just came off of that. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle another one of these. And thank God that he was okay. But yeah, you don't want to be that person that is almost a hypochondriac right. for <laughs> your dog, dog, where you're yeah. bringing them in every other thing. Right. But it does get appropriate at a certain point, and you probably have to find that balance for pet owners too, just right. like with anything else in life, Courtney. I'm sure people can become OCD about their pets. Of course, of course, because we're so worried. And again, the big problem, just like with babies, they can't tell you what's right. going on, so you just don't know to the extent. But I've always found that calling the emergency line if I need it, if it's late at night or whatever, a lot of times they're just so helpful, like, hey, this is what mm-hmm. my dog's doing. Okay, watch him for this symptom or that symptom. Give him a Benadryl, whatever it is. They can give you some advice. And like rerun eating wild mushrooms in the yard oh. and having to bring him to get his stomach pumped. Oh, my, oh my God. He's a handful. Fenway, why he did really you leave? Is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, he gets into all kinds of trouble. Well, beagles do because they just mm-hmm. sniff and they eat everything. Right. So it's like Roscoe, oh, we've had some, I've been like wrestling things from his mouth because you just don't know. They'll just eat anything. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. 
crazy. There's almost a level of insanity to being a pet owner mm-hmm. because it does take so much work. And we were having this conversation about the Super Bowl. This is something that's supposed to be entertaining me. Why am I screaming at the television? <laughs> and is this out. doing me more harm than good? And I think those people who lose a dog and say, I'm never yeah. going to get one again, that is the question that they are asking right. themselves. And they don't want to set themselves up for that hurt Exactly, because it's a deep pain. And I always talk about in any kind of loss that we have, we have to be able to find something like maybe a keepsake or maybe something that can give us some good memories, like if it could be a photo or it could be just a keepsake from them or maybe keeping an old toy. Or sometimes people will do like a paw print and keep that as a piece of jewelry, something like that. A shrine. Yes. And that can be very comforting. I always talk to people about what can you do in their memory as well. Sometimes families, if you lose a pet, they get together and they maybe just say a few words and maybe like you had said, some of the quotes, just sharing in that, that can be really helpful to keeping that connection and feeling not so alone with all of this. Because a lot of times you lose a pet and people might say, oh, I'm sorry for your loss, but they move on and they're not checking in. Mm-hmm. Now, if they had a friend like you, you would definitely be <laughs> checking in and be like, how are you doing? Six, are you okay? seven, maybe eight times a day. Right. Because you understand the pain and you're really sensitive to that. So, but not everybody has that. So I think it's important to take that time to add those couple of steps in doing something to kind of memorialize them and something that you can have as a keepsake that kind of gives you some comfort. And I want to reintroduce the fact, I've mentioned it, I think the last two podcasts, how my own therapist, and I think almost subtly, Mm -hmm. had a dog in the office every time that I went in and all of her patients. And when you'd get upset and that dog is sitting at your feet and putting its head on your feet and you're petting, it just makes you feel so much better. And so to people who are feeling really depressed Mm -hmm. and they're so afraid to make that commitment because all they're thinking about is how depressed they're going to be again. That gap in between and the comfort that that animal brings you. I can even speak to this. The boy, Jonathan, the Mm -hmm. other day had a real difficult day and he was lying on the couch. He was just a mess and we were trying to talk to him and pull him out of it. Here comes Rerun, jumps up on his stomach (laughs) and rests his head on Jonathan's chest. It's almost like they know. There's nothing that can replace a moment like that. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that can make you feel as good sometimes as a pet. And that is why, and Courtney, we've seen the data throughout the pandemic, especially for people who are sad and lonely. Oh, yeah. The pet adoptions have Mm -hmm. been through the roof, and it has helped an awful lot of people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just like you said, they just kind of give you that comfort, and they can sense it. It's like they can sense when you need that. Just jumping up on him, and I'm sure those big eyes just looking at Jonathan, and Jonathan be like, oh, it's the connection. And we can't really put words to it. We feel it. Roscoe will do that to me. He'll just come up and kind of hit my hand like, all right, give me some pets there, lady. You know what I mean? And then just <laughs> the look at nudge. me. Yeah, the little nudge. Over and over, he's got that down. Just very sweet. You could have a rough day. You could be exhausted, tired, whatever, but you come in and they give you that comfort. And we've been needing this. We've been in these uncertain times. We've been feeling like we can't get a grasp on what the heck is going on. We're exhausted. We're also just tired of the monotony of what's going on. And pets can really fill that for us and help us to feel engaged, get us out and exercise. Exercise, that's a big thing. Taking walks, taking care of a dog, they take care of you back, but you also feel so much better because you're nurturing something. And to further demonstrate the level of that connection, we also just had a conversation on our radio show about if your pet misbehaves simultaneously with your significant other, which one ends up in more trouble and why. And like 71% of people right. said, I just can't get mad at my no. pet. They're not saying that about the significant other. Right, exactly. 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 They're always siding with the pets. And that's why certain things.
things you just can't blame them for. And they're so cute, too. So try to remember those things mm-hmm. if you're coming off of the death of a pet. And I would also say, too, to somebody who may be struggling with this right now, let me give you a piece of advice. Avoid on social media things like Facebook memories, because mm-hmm. every once in a great while, a photo is going to pop up of that pet yeah. looking so alive and vibrant. And while in a few years, that is a picture that's going to make you say, ah, and think warmly of the times that you had with that animal. In those moments, it can be the absolute worst thing. It can be pouring salt on the wound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be really, really tough. And I think, like you said, kind of shifting, give yourself that space to grieve, but also shifting to being so grateful for what you do have. You felt really sad about not having a certain amount of years with your pet before with Fenway. But once you're going through the grieving process and you start to heal, reminding yourself of being grateful for the experience that you did have and all the years you did have with him and all of the experiences. But yeah, it can be very hard to look back on certain things when you're not ready to. If you have certain pictures and you Mm -hmm. keep them in certain areas and you know you're walking into a room and okay, it's going to be there or certain things you might look forward to like, oh, I really want to put that picture up on the fridge or there's something I want to remember. But unfortunately, with something like Facebook, it pops up automatically. You just don't know when it's going to pop up and it may take you aback a little bit. So for some of that stuff, you kind of want to make sure you have a little more control over some of the memories that are popping up for you. And one of the nine pieces of advice from that article is prepare yourself Mm -hmm. as this is getting ready to happen. And I would also say when it is still fresh, you really need to be cognizant and ready for these moments. A moment where you really notice that the animal is gone Mm -hmm. are those moments where there is a routine. And I remember when I had to put the dog down prior to Fenway, Mm -hmm. it was Remy, our dog. The night that we came home and I was just so used to the dog running to the door as soon as you opened it and you just just opened it to empty space and silence. Mm. I collapsed on the stairwell, not even thinking about what was going to happen when that moment came. And then I remember the next night I was making a grilled cheese and turkey sandwich. And Mm -hmm. every time I did that, Remy would come over and sit and wait for me to throw turkey down. And when the dog wasn't there for that, I Mm -hmm. broke down again. You have to get yourself ready for those moments and think about what those routines are. (laughs) For example, too, I used to do work at home and Fenway the Beagle would sit on a certain chair. And I remember I would look over at the chair and see that empty space and just lose it. And it got to a point where I had to move my workspace so Mm -hmm. I couldn't even see that anymore because it was just too difficult in that time. Yeah, it is really, really difficult. And make sure that you're leaning on others and getting that support. But you had mentioned too, like if this is an illness where you know it's about time for the Mm -hmm. dog that they may pass, spending quality time with the dog, just having that time and those memories and talking to the vet and leaning on them too, like I said, for resources, making a plan for how this is going to go in having the dog, if you have to have the dog put down or how this is going to go. But like you said too, it's so important to have the plan afterwards as far as kind of collecting yourself, taking a few deep breaths, knowing that things are going to be different. You're going to walk into certain situations and it's going to feel different because your pet's not going to be there for you. So having that, but allowing yourself to have those times where you're going to break down, you're going to cry, you're going to let that out. Get it out. Yeah, because this is how deeply you loved that animal and had that deep commitment 
and, and that deep connection with them. And when I say get it out, if you want to take the advice of a snowflake, as I was called for having done <laughs> so is, on my radio Yeah, show. which is just so horrible when people say things like that. Everybody grieves differently. Everybody holds things differently. But we need to have respect for each other and the needs that we have. I would also suggest this. Try not to be that pet owner who, when it comes time, delays it too much. Mm-hmm. Because there is a line of, are you keeping the pet alive for the mm-hmm. pet? Or are you keeping the pet alive for you? Right. And if you push it too far, your last memories of that animal Mm -hmm. is the animal suffering immensely. And that's the last thing that you want. I've actually seen some people who, in my judgment, maybe went a little too early on that front because Mm -hmm. they didn't want the pet to suffer suffer, at all. There's a line for those kinds of things. It's a judgment call, but I definitely would recommend not pushing it too far. Don't make it about you. This is about the two of you and your relationship and ending it at the proper time. I gave the example of my mom having passed from COVID and I had to watch that. And it was Mm -hmm. just an unbelievably horrible death to watch. And all I could think of was what I wouldn't give right now to be able to do what I do at the vets where, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going to give your mom a sedative first and then she's going to just peacefully go to sleep, and then we will give the other shot and everything will be fine. I really wish that we could do that with human beings, but since we can't, make sure that you give that comfort to your pets. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing I remember with my dog, Loki, thinking, you know what? I looked at my husband. I said, we have to go right now. Mm -hmm. It's time. I said, because now this isn't helping him. Not a second longer. No, we have to go. And it's so awful. It's an awful, awful moment. But knowing that you're doing that for the higher purpose of honoring your dog, honoring your cat or honoring your pet, that you don't want them to suffer. And I hate to say this, too, about Fenway. The last day was so terrible because I got it into my head because I had heard of vets that would come to your house Mm -hmm. so they could be put down at home, the place that they loved. And I was going between two vets who were giving me such a runaround. And shame on them because Mm -hmm. this dog is just laying there suffering. It got to a point where I said, well, I can't do this now. Then I tried to call my other vet to bring the dog in, and they were swamped. And suddenly now... For as upset as I already was, for all of this to be prolonged for this poor dog who was just absolutely miserable, it was a nightmare. So on all fronts, being as prepared as possible for as much as you don't want to deal with Mm -hmm. it in the here and now, just know that you're doing the right thing and that you will feel better about it later. Right, right. Absolutely. you got to think big picture with so many things in life. You do, because especially, like I said, this is just so painful. But allowing yourself to have the comfort. I also just wanted to mention that if you do assert online, you can just search pet loss bereavement groups and Mm -hmm. you can find a lot of resources. That's the thing I think is really to reach out. That's like my number one thing to talk to people about. And also, like you said, seeking any kind of professional help over this. Absolutely. There should be no shame in that. You need that support. You need that comfort and someone just to process it with you. For a lot of people, this is the most devastating losses that they'll have is losing a pet. And as with all things, you don't want something to be processed in the wrong way because you're going to have to revisit it eventually. And that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of therapy is all about, not healing correctly. So Mm -hmm. let's try to get out ahead of it. And let's get out of this because I'm getting so depressed. (laughs) 
talking about all of my pets who I once I know, had. It's so sad. But I will say I'm a better man and a better mm-hmm. person, person for, for having it, yeah. had them. And mm-hmm. I hope a lot of you can take that away as well. There was one other quote here. It came to me that every time I lose a dog, they take a piece of my heart with them. And every new dog that comes into my life gifts me with a piece of their heart. Uh-oh. If I live long enough, all of the components of my heart will be dog and I will become as generous and as loving as they are. Oh, I love that. And I can't read too many of these because yeah. I sent them to you yesterday. I said, I'm going to get yeah. <laughs> So with that, we're on, yeah. Courtney. If people need to get in touch with you, how can they? Yes. Wellness at WCTK.com. You can email me directly. You can also go to catcountry.com. For our radio show, we have a page for Wellness Wednesday and we have lots of great resources up there as well. So you can check that out. At Cat Country Mornings on most socials. I'm Brian Mulhern on many pages. You are Courtney Kelly or Courtney Kelly Bedard. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can also get us on devices like Alexa. So make sure you do that too. And if you visit any of these sites, please leave a comment and a review and tell your friends about it. Because Absolutely. the more people on the couch with me, the better, <laughs> furry or otherwise. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.